0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Whiskey Web and Whatnot with myself, Robert William Wagner, and my co-host, as always, Charles
1: William Carpenter the Third. How's it going, third, Chuck? there, That's my echo effect, I think it's the only thing that could potentially uh, make me sound even more important. Yeah. Well, uh well, Robert, it's going. Yeah,
0: I mean, my day started off super early because. Caitlin had a glass of water on her nightstand. And when she tried to snooze her uh, alarm, proceeded to spill it all over the room. Okay. So we were all up as soon as that happened, which was fun.
1: Yeah. I the... There you go. I mean, that's the whole like little water wake you up kind of thing, splashing in the face with water. Just instead splash everything with water. Yeah. It's fair. I mean, it was certainly effective. Like both
0: our alarms went off and we would usually snooze them and knock it up for like an hour. Mm. But we were up.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, oddly enough, like, I think, uh, well, yesterday was my first day not really eating food. And uh, I woke up right along the alarm at six, no snooze whatsoever. Mm. And uh, yeah. I just got up and started things and didn't feel groggy. So that was a plus. Interesting. At 6 a.m., just, you just need to
0: skip food. So you're saying not eating things that are bad for you
1: is actually good for your body? That's, there's a rumor. I don't know if there's any science to back it, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And we can talk more about that later and whatnot things, <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah, I am eating food. It's just very limited in both caloric and diversity. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I got bit by a mosquito on my forehead, so I'm scratching this a lot.
1: If you're wondering. Mm. It's because it's the only part you expose to the elements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like t-shirts shorts yeah cover everything but my face it's fall yeah (laughs) we should get those octopus face masks and then you'll be protected yeah we should anyway let's get some whiskey going okay let's move on to whiskey this is very boring so we need whiskey to make it interesting. Uh, I thought you were saying the Four Roses is boring.
0: I was going to say the, uh, no, no, no. the guy at the ABC store was like, I got a couple others. And he's like, oh, these are good choices. And then like the Four Roses, he was like, I don't know about this one. Hmm. Like, <laughs> so
1: yeah, it's not new and different enough. So I'm a fan of, of Four Roses across the board. They're cheap 80 proof on up. I think like their cheap stuff is is decent and great for cocktails. And I like a lot of their other things. It's a beautiful distillery. So it's certainly worth visiting. In person too i mean i really like their barrel strength offerings and then you can get the ones that have like a few different mash bills but they've become pretty hard to get these tastes so mm-hmm. i remember i used to be able to get them all the time 50 bucks a pop all six or eight variations and then now it's like nope yeah they're all in bunkers probably or something it's crazy how like no one has money
0: because like recession and whatever and yet everything that you could possibly buy is like way super expensive and sold out all the time. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Luxury goods.
1: I think people prioritize. I don't know. I'm not sure. True. And you have groups of people that are just clear in the shelves and have been for years. And so they got plenty. That's true. All right. Let's uh, four roses, small batch select. Uh, it is a blend of two different uh, mash bills, one of 75% corn, 20% rye, and 5% malted barley. The other changes the corn rye ratios to 60% corn, 35% rye, still 5 malted barley, 104 proof, and anywhere from 6 to 7 years old. I don't know where you get the age statement, but good job. Our research department is really on it. Well, so the online, it, uh, it
0: said... There wasn't an age statement, but then in this little thing that's attached to the bottle, mm. it says oh. a mingling of six and seven year old bourbons. So you just
1: have to read the tag, people online. Yeah. Or yeast strange, V, K, and F. Oh, I selected three of our. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I knew that was like a mash bill yeast thing. So that seems interesting. Anyway, let's smell it. Whoever smelt it and dealt it.
0: Hmm. It smells simultaneously very fresh and also very smoky. Hmm. It's like a weird combo. I get some floral, but it's like if you took something like some fresh-cut grass or like lemon juice and like burned it. Hmm. Like a fresh smell with uh, with some smoke. I'm sure, you don't have allergies or something. Oh, I
1: have lots of allergies, so so it could be different there. Take everything I say at with a grain of salt. Yeah, I get a little earthy and I get a little floral, it's like a flower bed. Okay, well, let's taste it. Hmm.
0: Can taste some, uh, like, caramel, maybe
1: some toasted marshmallow. See, I'm feeling a little Bananas Foster, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Let me revisit. Peppery finish. Little hug. Definitely got some of that rye in there.
0: Yeah, I'm not getting the banana. I can see what you mean, like the something flambeed that's sugary,
1: yeah, and maybe even like something more bitter than a banana, like a banana peel, mm, yeah, so you smelled burned fruit, and I taste burned fruit, maybe, yeah, <laughs> flambeed with sugar, yeah, that's fair, caramelled,
0: yeah, it's I think it has a good mix of like a little bit of burn, a little bit of rye for some a little bit of spice there, yeah, and
1: get a little bitter overall, not bad, yeah. I would say that. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I've ever had a four of roses where I'm like, this is terrible. So, right. Yeah. It's tasty enough. Would have again. What do you think? How many tentacles? Uh, I'm going to give it five and a half. Hmm. Yeah. I'm using the five range myself. So, I'm going to just stick with a flat five. I'm not a okay. hacker. I'll round down. Yeah. <laughs> five it is. So, would have some other things instead. I didn't dislike
0: it. Yeah, so I was like, I wanted to give it that extra half, but Mm. we'll say five. Well,
1: again, five is above average, four average, true. Five, yeah. So for bourbons, non weeded, like I like it, although I'm going to say I like their single barrels possibly better. Which is interesting because I think that's a lower price point. It's not barrel proof, but a single barrel, It's like a hundred proof, maybe. And they're like 35 bucks. Mm. They're like one of the, one of the best bangs for your buck in that range.
0: What's the point of doing a single barrel if you're going to water it down?
1: Mm. I don't
0: know. That seems kind of silly. Yeah. Like we picked this because we like this one and then altered it. Yeah. Instead <laughs> of doing it as barrel proof.
1: Yeah. And charge more money. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Be able to sell like 50 more or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure. I always end up getting them at Costco. So maybe that's why they're like 35 bucks too. Oh, yeah. A good deal. They're tasty. It's just like a win win. Yeah. Costco probably buys
0: one barrel and then makes like thousands of bottles. Like, yeah.
1: That sounds like their jam. Yeah. They're a volume game. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's really what it's all about. I feel pretty good about a five there. So, dear listeners, give it a shot. Not bad. I don't remember the price point. So uh, I just bought it today. I think it was fifty to sixty, something like that. Yeah, it seems about right. Yeah, I definitely getting the more that I sip a little, I definitely get more pepper, like peppercorn on the finish. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. So no, it's your jam. Got some rye in there, not a full on rye. It is a bourbon whiskey with an e. I was looking at other whiskeys just because there were a bunch there, as there always are.
0: There was a a Whistle Pig bottled in barn. Mm. I thought that was a a
1: clever uh, play on the play on bottled in bond. We'll we'll have to try that one. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I think Whistle Pig is pretty decent. It's uh, just tends to be overpriced for me. It's like, oh, this is not bad. This is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, it's $160. Why? (laughs) Yeah, that's why I'm a little bit scared to buy them because I'm just
0: like, you know, I haven't heard anything amazing about these. So, like, are they worth the price? I don't know. Like, the barrier to entry is definitely there.
1: Yeah. I've tried probably a, a handful of their stuff. And I'm always like, yeah, not bad. Don't understand, though, still, why it's way more than Sagamore or whatever else. Yeah. And they were sourcing for a while, too. I know, I believe they are distilling, like, uh, selling their own distillate now. But they were another one that was, like, sourcing stuff out. Let's put this nice metal top on and tell you it's from Vermont or whatever. I mean, that's my dream. Do no work, but make it look pretty, right? Mm, that's true. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyone looking to hire someone who doesn't want to do any work, <laughs> but will make it look good. Well, in terms of whiskey, like yeah. <laughs> your whiskey dreams, right? I
0: feel like I'm I'm not going to be any better than anyone else at picking a mash bill and distilling it. So, like, just get an okay one. And then play with the variables after that. Get some cool barrels, like make your packaging nice. Like, I think that's where the the interesting stuff lies. Like, most unaged whiskey is not all that different, I would say. Mm. Like, it's different in if you have, like, a full rye versus a full corn. But anything that's in the middle, I feel like, is all just, eh, it's all kind of the same. Interesting. Have you had white dog before? Yeah, but not, like, there aren't a ton of different ones you can get i feel like like most people are gonna age it right so you can't compare a whole like 50 mash bills of
1: of that that's true yeah it's kind of hard to get i believe like i mean i've had it on distillery tours that's a little easier and then f- as far as like being able to write, buy retail like i know buffalo trace does it but i don't think it's very much very well distributed outside of kentucky as far as i can remember so yeah i would i guess it would be a challenge in that sense yeah i don't think it's very popular like yeah i mean for good reason yeah i mean it's not very good yeah like the only thing that
0: it's sold as is like the fake moonshine type of stuff where you would like it have some
1: fruit flavor or something in there like
0: that's a little better
1: yeah and since it's like not aged at all it's like very corn Mm -hmm. a lot of corn going on yeah yeah Anyway, we don't have to keep talking about random whiskey that we're not trying today. <laughs> okay, that's fair. What are we talking about today?
0: Yeah, we were just going to talk a little bit about some of like the trade-offs between building a bunch of native apps, like using Swift and I don't know what, I know that
1: uh, Android's in Java. I don't know if there's a name for like that framework. I feel like there kind of is. There's like a middle ground there. And so yeah, it's Java-based, but it's a thing. I don't remember. I never did it, yeah. But I remember seeing some things in their like testing platform or whatever. Yeah, I built some Android stuff forever ago, but huh. I don't remember how it worked. I have the whole uh, Objective C now Swift. it's the approachable, or more so? I don't know. Which does seem kind of interesting, and I I know that like Apple has some like learning to code things that you eventually get into to Swift. So I don't know. Maybe there'll be yeah a swath of young folks who want to build iPhone apps that go that path. Yeah. What about Flutter though? Is Flutter still cool? I thought I've heard bad things about Flutter now. <sighs> I'm not sure. I heard bad things and then I started to hear really good things for a bit and then now I feel like there's a slight regression on that so I don't I don't want to say for sure but it does seem like a fairly major player in the space. I can remember a couple of enterprise orgs and was in as like they would actually work on their native apps and. Flutter. So, is Flutter is this kind of like Google's own language, mm-hmm. and then it compiles out, right? Yeah. I don't know though that it compiles out. Does it compile out to a to an iOS app too? I would think it would have to. I think like yeah,
0: that it's probably trying to replace something like React Native and like
1: give you all of the things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for sure. Right. It's like React Native is that layer over top that gives you familiar ways of working in syntax. It doesn't give you everything React gives you. Now that uh, we dove into it a little bit, we're discovering. I'd heard great <laughs> things about Expo for a few years and like looked at it a couple of times, didn't have much of a need. As we know, we dove into Capacitor just to see what options we had there. There's some limitations in terms of like APIs connecting to basically some of the metal, mm-hmm. So trying to get into audio and things like that were a problem, but Expo, apparently does that better or React Native does that better. And then Expo gives you a developer experience on top of it is what I am understanding, but it's not great. I don't know. Yeah, we uh, it definitely doesn't do for mobile what next does for like giving you good patterns and opinions for regular react on on like a normal SaaS app. So right. right, I'm finding that so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me i've i've heard a lot of people debate this sort of thing before i think most of them lean more towards like doing the do it in some kind of web technologies that then ship like compiled native things for each thing or like maybe even kind of like capacitor kind of skips some of that it's like there aren't isn't any weird like react native different syntax or like special components you have to use necessarily like they have a few I think for doing some things but it's really just kind of build your web app in whatever you want and then like install capacitor on top and it will basically wrap it it's kind of like electron for
1: desktop apps yeah
0: yeah so it's like you know you get an iOS app and an Android app and I think that it actually gives you an electron app too if you want it but I found it was easier to do that separately. But so you can do all of that and it just works. Like the caveat of course being I haven't built anything that needs a lot of like bare metal type of APIs. Like I'm not doing any Bluetooth low energy integrations, whereas a lot of people might be, you know, that kind of stuff lags behind. Like they support all of that stuff, but it's not the official library. So if they don't update when the spec changes or whatever, you're going to be behind. It's not going to work the same. And no no one guarantees that anything will be implemented. So like right. next iOS comes out, you might be stuck and have to rewrite all your code. So that's a big downside. Well, the plus side, of course, what we've kind of danced and mentioned around here, is like you just have to write one code base. So I think that for me is the big problem with doing native things like people swear by doing, you know, let's have three or four separate apps for like whatever devices we need, or like maybe it's going to run on like a Samsung TV and iPhone, like, I don't know, whatever devices and they would write them all separate. And then it's like, okay, so yes, you're sure that you've integrated with the API now, but what happens if like your Android team wants to make a change to a button look and feel or something. And then like your iOS team, does it differently or like those interactions don't get copied over the same way you're th- like repeating yourself and hoping that everyone copies and pastes everything correctly which seems error prone
1: yeah which could be and uh, as long as i guess like the major patterns for accomplishing things stay the same i guess there's like an argument to say that like it's unlikely i as a android user which i'm not i would never do that but say so i was, was. And I'm using the app there. I'm not going to pick up like an iPad probably and try and use the app next. Like that's not going to be my next step. And when I get on like a computer to do something potentially if I needed to, and it may not even be, you know, on the table, especially an app that like, tries to be like uh, native first, I'm not really going to do that. So I'm not really going to experience any UX challenges. I don't think because like I learned to do it on my platform. And I'm kind of married to that. I think most people at this point aren't really making the leap back and forth. I'm sure there's some, That's but true. like overall, if you have teams solving the same thing slight, then there's some diversions there. The Users probably never gonna know. I think the, the problem is the overhead on maintaining all of those things. Because if you think about it, like if you have your API and you release whatever, a Roku app, and mobile apps, and then you have a major API change, and then all three of those things have to change at the same time, you might have some issues there, right? If your data is solid and your access is solid for the most part, or at least obfuscated to consumers and consumers being those development teams at this point, then, hey, who cares? Go down your path. Just make sure people can log in and get subscriptions and whatever they're doing. That's okay. Yeah. But you also have to be able to afford uh, three different development teams in that case, too. So the cost structure there. So if you have, you know, one to rule them all, you can contain those things. But man, just not it's not the easy leap that I thought it would be like, okay, writing React based apps and Next.js. And cool, we're going to go over here and, you know, drop in our classes and uh, use some hooks to manage some state locally and you're like nope, nope, no you're not. You're not doing that so much. You're doing some of that. but Then you also want to use their stuff, the React Native stuff so that you get some of the nicety and not just a web app. Right, so
0: at that point like if you're basically using separate React Native component type of things because you want that Chrome you're used to in iOS for example, like I wanted to use the like swift version behind the scenes to like look the way that apple says things should look if you're having to do that and having to use a separate thing that you don't really control anyway the argument for it being like an easier leap like oh we'll just do it in web technologies kind of goes away it's like well then I could just learn the separate things from swift and just build it in that you know like i don't really see the the huge benefit other than it's kind of somewhat react flavored which is like Little
1: more approachable for like React developers, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you feel like you can write a native app in JavaScript essentially and feel familiar and like you know how to solve those problems, like that, I think is appealing. I just haven't found the reality to be exactly the same because you're still kind of learning their way of doing it. It's so not going to learn another thing. Who cares if uh, I can use JSX looking things and write some normal JavaScript functions. I'm not sure that it's giving me the most bang for my buck, but I'm not, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I don't foresee myself becoming an expo or react native developer from a day job on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, I think that I know nothing about
0: doing it in Swift. I've never done a native app. I've always done the easy because usually we don't have a huge teams either. So I'm just like, I just want to like wrap it in whatever, but, Does Swift have any kind of thing that's like, oh, I want to write some logic, but I want it to be in JavaScript? Like, would they let you write some JavaScript functions and then execute them somehow through their stuff? Or do you have to write everything in their language? Because I think maybe that's the benefit is like for the pieces that are um, logically complex, doing it in the JavaScript you're familiar with, I think is maybe the
1: thing that's helpful. Sure. Yeah. And there you go. The impetus for these tools is no, you cannot. I actually haven't touched any Swift, but I have like a long time ago, tried to dive down the objective C path and it's pretty complex and different. And, uh, there's a lot of other things to think about from a hardware perspective. Like I think Swift was supposed to have uh, fixed this, but the whole like memory allocation, garbage collection, yada, 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 kind of yeah stuff i don't want to have to ever think about that right right and so objective c not for you <laughs> and then you would pour in like a web view if you wanted to do web like things but again the syntax wasn't like and now drop javascript in here right yeah that makes sense yeah but yeah i do think something
0: that's lacking for the web is like a any version of this that's has like good standards like there's no reason that there couldn't be an equivalent document to like what apple has for swift that says like this is exactly how you would do a button in the web and like whatever and basically lay out all those standards to where then if you wrapped it in capacitor or something you would be like on the same track as swift i think the reason they don't focus on that is because like they don't have a way to make money off of you making a web app like that would just be wherever you want it to be so like swift you're locked into their stuff so like i get why they haven't spent the time but that would
1: be really cool to have plus the app store is full of a lot of things yeah they're not like oh man we need to reach out for inventory here right like demands are being met yeah that's true I suppose like that's one of the things around a progressive web app, which was supposed to be like the next step of even Google was really behind that yet. You feel like businesses don't feel like they have a presence unless they're in the app store.
0: Well, I think it depends on your use case. Like the progressive web app is essentially just letting you install the assets. So it's like the similar concept of like downloading a 50 megabyte app or whatever, And then you don't have to do that download anymore. You're just hitting APIs because you got all the images and whatever. Right. That's I think it's useful, but like it's not familiar. Like when you download some a progressive web app to your phone, or you can even do them on your computer. You can do it like they work everywhere, but they don't have any kind of like this is an app type of Chrome to them. So unless you've built it to look more like a native app, it's going to be oh this is a website in like a container. This is strange. I'm sure some people have done it right, but what was it? Is it Hulu maybe that like
1: prompts you to install it if you like open it on desktop?
0: Hmm. Have you seen that?
1: I haven't. No, hmm. can't say I've watched any Hulu on my. I mean, I'm doing work on this computer, Robbie. Okay. <laughs> There's no Hulu uh, opening uh, here. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure, but it's a. Uh, it's one of the streaming platforms and they like want you to install their progressive web app. I'm not sure why. Mm. I think maybe it allows you to like download shows on desktop or something mm. so that then you could like not have to have internet. Like if you were using your computer on a plane or something like that, maybe it lets you do that. Yeah, there you go. I
1: mean, it does with their normal app. So
0: yeah, some parody. The one thing that has been that I've used as a progressive web app that's worked well is uh, Google Photos. Like they want you to use that progressive web app for like desktop. And so you just get like a normal icon in your your dock and it like, it just opens the web page. but it feels nicer to me when I have an icon and it's like a separate thing. I don't know why.
1: Sure, yeah, I get that. Like click the thing versus type in open Chrome, type in URL. Oh yeah, there's a lot of extra steps there.
0: But yeah, I don't know where things are gonna go, you know, in terms of progressive web apps. I think that was a compelling story that has not come to fruition yet. And perhaps it will perhaps like, you know, you kind of need Android or well, Apple's never going to do it. They want their app store. Like they'll support it, but uh, you need one of them to be like, this is the format. Like, this is the default. We want you to build everything like this. And then like we will provide like the capacitor layer or whatever on top. Yeah. Then everyone would be like, yes, okay. I don't have to build this a thousand times in different technologies. It's just going to kind of work. Everyone's agreed it's going to work. It's similar to like how the browser vendors get together and go, okay, we want to have a, I don't know what's something they would make. <laughs> like this is the way we're going to render a CSS grid. We agree it should be, it should work like this. If you had that kind of standard for progressive web apps across different device vendors,
1: then you could just build in web technologies and it should just work. Right. Yeah. I guess the path to certain hardware can be a challenge. I don't know that i like, I believe things have expanded in terms of me- media in general, right? Like access to the cameras and access to mm-hmm. audio and things like that. So, I mean, right now we're in a web app mm-hmm. recording this. Mm-hmm. This is all a web app, taking our video, taking our audio and using smart APIs to do a few things.
0: Yeah. I know when we were working on Wolf, like it uses your, you can either upload audio or video and it'll take the audio from that, or you can like use your microphone. But it, um, it actually didn't work when we wrapped it in capacitor. There were like some special APIs that weren't supported or something like yeah. the web audio API support and capacitor was not good, but this was years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good example of like the walls you hit when you're trying to use these wrappers because they're not the official thing. Like if you had built
1: an iOS app, it would work, but then I would have had to build an iOS app. So, Right. You wanted to take a proof of concept, basic web app, and then you wanted to see, can now I apply this to mobile to get the next step?
0: Yeah, so I'm. that's the plan sometime in the future is to try Capacitor again because I'm hoping they fixed some of those things. And hopefully it'll work well enough that we can, like, I don't need it to be flawless or flashy necessarily. I just want it to be wrapped in, like, an iOS app and an Android app and release them to the stores and be like, hey, this is out there. So we'll see how that
1: goes. What's my dog saying?
0: I don't know. Yeah. If your dog is saying one of three predefined things we look for, We can tell you Mm. like we should probably add some more (laughs) robust stuff. Like we were going to, we would have to talk to like a real like animal behavior scientist or something and like ask more about the different frequencies
1: of the barks and and all that. Well, if you want all that, when it comes to you download Woof and request it so that we can say, Hey, there's a market fit for this. Let's go see if anybody wants to contribute. Yeah. Well, so it's going to be open source too.
0: So like, If there's anyone that's like, wow, this is cool, but I wish it handled like these cases, (laughs) there's plenty of time to play with Web Audio API and like do some of that stuff. So, Hmm. I mean, it's open source now. Like if anyone wants to check out this app that kind of works for figuring out what your dog is saying, you can go to woof, which is w-u-f dot plus, I think is the website right now. Cause like woof dot everything else was taken. Hey, we're gonna rewrite it in Astro, right? We could. We're going to be rewriting a lot of stuff in Astro, so I want to like open source Swatch and then rewrite its homepage in Astro. It would be cool to rewrite Swatch itself in Astro, but we're pretty ingrained in the the Ember ecosystem there, so yeah, we may not
1: do that. But it'll be open source, so someone can. It would take a lot of work to move Orbit over into like Solid or something else. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, no, well, it'll Solid work. has the
0: reactivity layer, right? Oh, yeah, that's the beauty of it not being Ember data. It's JSON API specific, hmm. but
1: it's not Ember specific. Well, that wouldn't change anything as long as you're like, you would just be, so your serial, you probably have to write serializers versus having them magically already there or something.
0: No, I think there's still magic. Like there's less magic now. So there was a, there was a package that was Ember orbit, right? And it was made to be like Ember data where you're just kind of like, save this thing. And it's like, ooh, magic, I saved it. Yeah. But now it's more like, the orbit primitives are what you use. So you're like, I'm doing an update. I want to like update these things. I want to like save it or not. And like, Mm. because it wants to explicitly know everything you're updating so that it can undo that. Or like, it's very transactional and like specific about everything. So all of that, I think is like the low level API now, because it was hard to get that sugar on top of it and maintain all of that. Mm. So I think there wouldn't be a ton of work to convert it I think honestly the part that would be harder is like the the app bits itself just converting all of the ember code to well basically vanilla javascript and html which would be yeah a really cool like thing to do I just don't know that we have the time for that right when you get your uh, magic job where you don't do anything the one where someone makes whiskey for me and I I
1: make a pretty bottle in like a day and then sell it yeah I move on <laughs> It's a pretty smart marketing. Yeah, I mean, I'm already starting to come across that we're converting our website to Astro and was just trying to quickly copy pasta some things over and tweak things to more regular HTML and JSX syntax. And, you know, one of the things that slowed me down yesterday, which I'll have to come back to is essentially a tab component. And you think about like, oh, okay. Yeah, that shouldn't be too crazy. Well, there's some limitations there, right? And so essentially, ideally, you don't want a framework for this. You want it pretty basic, and then you want some script to run on the page and just add and remove classes. That's the best thing you probably can do is uh, drop these things in, get a click, and add remove classes. So I was like, oh, wow, this is some different thinking. I'm going to have to do some basic, like, get elements and have them capture, a you know, a, a click event around an anchor and then look at its child ID or whatever we decide upon, something like that, and, and just swap those things out. I mean, I think it's cool to like
0: go back to the basics and and do the real HTML JavaScript solution. But I also think if there is like an existing solid JS one, that's like a tab thing that's similar to what we have. Just use that. Mm. Like that's what I did for the, uh, on the uh, contact form. Like when you hit, what does the button even say? Contact us, send, (laughs) I don't know, whatever. Mm. It says a few different
1: things where you're coming from. Oh, but on the actual form. form, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So whenever you hit, I think it's just send and it's like disabled if the form is invalid or whatever. But when you hit it, it either is going to be like, Oh no, I didn't send like whatever, or like, thanks, we'll get back with you. Like the message. So we had a, uh, like a toast or uh, there are flash messages, what it is in Ember. And then like, there was a view flash messages too. I don't know how many people call them flash messages. Like, I feel like it's not a super common term, Yeah, but, uh, toast, like toast is what I think most people call it. And it's, so there was a solid toast Mm. and I was like, okay, just going to use that. I don't want to build a new one like we could always you can always come back and make it better or implement it in lower level stuff if you want. But just use a package if it exists.
1: Okay, well, that is good to know. I'm considered that. Yeah. Solid toast. There's a lot of solid (laughs) libraries. Solid, solid libraries, meaning the libraries are solidly (laughs) implemented. (laughs) They're good and they happen to use the solid technology. So, hey, win, win. All right. I'll look into that. I was really trying to extra challenge myself. But since there's so many styling changes to also make, which I haven't done, just making it work and seeing if content is there. And then now let's circle back and finesse. Yeah. Good to know. I've been
0: doing some styling changes. I I worked on the blog stuff yesterday. Okay. Good. I'm happy to defer that. Yeah. I feel like just doing some here and there is better than like, I hate being like, okay, this whole page needs to be different. Okay, well, I'm not going to do that. What I want to do is, like, okay, the the hero block is different. All right, I'll move these three elements and, like, change their styles. Like, boom, we'll push that out because this site isn't even live anyway. Mm. So, like, I'm doing a piecemeal because I just don't have the attention span for, like, let me sit down for the next five hours and restyle this page. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, no, I think uh, one-offing and whatnot is, is good and, a little exposure to the thing. And then now I need to focus on the thing that uh, is my primary duty today. And mm-hmm. But, you know, getting some things done. Yeah, I don't love big branches either. So I'm probably at the point where once I have the content covered, push the big branch and then come back and like fix some stuff.
0: Yeah, I've somewhat reverted back to working after work on some of this stuff. Because mm. <laughs> for a while I was not. I was like... Caitlin and I have been watching a lot of shows and, like, just hanging out. and Love that. Like, you know, once Finn's in bed, we're just, like, do whatever for, you know, two or three hours and then go to bed. Mm -hmm. What are you watching? That's what I want to know. Yeah, so recently, like, the past week or two, we've been watching, uh, I guess, the previous season of uh, American Horror Story. Oh. Like, it's uh, the Red Tide one. Well, it's, like, the double feature. So there's, like, Red Tide and then there's, like... uh, the next half is like alien themed or something. We haven't gotten to that half yet, but it's been pretty good. I always have liked American horror story. There've been a couple of seasons that were not great. This one, I think the story is pretty good. There's a lot of holes in it Hmm. for my taste. Like, do you watch American horror story at all at all?
1: Have watched it, but it has been quite some time. I want to say, like, fourth or fifth season, we kind of dropped off. I've, I'm trying to remember, like, what jumped the shark for us. Mm. I don't know if it was the Witches one, maybe, or... The Witches one wasn't great. Yeah, and that might have been, like, I don't know.
0: And the uh, Freak Show one was, I think, not the best. Either. The first two were, were really, really good. Oh, I did watch the Freak Show one. But, yeah, so this one, I mean, I won't give away, like, spoilers in case you decide to watch it, but, like there's just holes in the story where it's like, well, this might be a spoiler kind of, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how to like someone commits a crime. Right. And like there's police around and like police would these days have body cameras, their cars would have cameras, like all of these things where it's like, and they, they don't explain how like they got away with the crime or like how it's not on video or like things like that that kind of bother me it's like mm. this doesn't make sense this would not work right
1: it's not true crime you know
0: yeah if you like go okay i, I don't care about it being like actually accurate like the story is kind of cool like it's a it's a good concept so
1: would recommend okay fair enough
0: there's a lot of blood though mm. if you're not into blood don't don't watch it
1: i don't know well we started the house of the dragon so Game of Thrones spinoff. Ooh, I have not started yet. Started it, but then we were, had also been watching another show, and we decided, like, let's bank a few. I think we watched, like, I don't know, the first three or something. And then had just finished last night, The Great, which is a Hulu show about Catherine the Great, but it mm-hmm. its subtitle is a sometimes true story, so it has some humor and a little gore and... I don't know. Yeah, it's like very well-rounded. So it's like historical fiction, essentially. Hmm. A bit comedic, a bit like raw. That's really entertaining. So that was the second season of it. We finally wrapped up. I'd recommend that. So I'll be coming back to House of the Dragon though.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, I need to start that. Before we were watching AHS, I uh, I watched Echoes. I don't know if I've, we've talked about that yet. I don't think so. Have you seen that? It's a Netflix show. mm No it's good it's like uh it's like a limited series there's only like maybe eight episodes and it's that you're done and it's about like some twins who like keep switching places basically and mayhem ensues due to that as you might but it's a cool concept i always think things like that are cool like you know thinking about how that would
1: work in real life somebody had to do it where would the idea come from right (laughs) And if I was a twin, I would definitely have wanted to do that at different times. It'd be interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, low stakes, like it would be fun, you know, all right, we're going to switch for this party or whatever. But like, right. Switching for real life
1: things, I think would be very stressful. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm sick of my job. Let's <laughs> switch jobs for a little while or something like that. Or yeah. What do you say we switch wives? They just won't know. <laughs> yeah. Weird stuff like that. Yeah. would be. Yeah that stuff would get uh complicated mm-hmm. all right well that, I'll bear that in mind I uh have not heard or seen that but I feel like I've been on like the Hulu HBO Max train for a little while yeah the only reason I went over
0: to Netflix is because I've watched most of what I wanted to watch on Hulu apparently not the great
1: You should come back to it
0: yeah no I think like Hulu has been cranking out content yeah because they got some disney money right yeah i don't know if they had much less stuff before or if it was just they are better at surfacing that it exists now like it's every time i open it it's like we have this new show have you watched it and i'm like i haven't let me watch it so
1: yeah i felt like they were very much an aggregator before and now they're more of yeah. like they have a lot more original content that's interesting i don't know
0: yeah well disney owns 80 percent, right so that's bound to happen.
1: Yeah. And it used to be a bigger split between like NBC and Disney and some other things.
0: Yeah. I think Fox owns the other 20%, which is why you have a lot of like Fox
1: and FX content. Yeah. Well, that's true. I wonder though. So when Disney came in and bought a bunch of 21st Century Fox assets, I wonder if they got FX or something like that. Mm. So Fox essentially sold off a lot of things other than like news and something else, but they like really pared down. Let's see what Google says. Hmm. I love the, the internet.
0: Mm, yeah. Disney owns
1: effects. I'm upset. <laughs> they got a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I know I mentioned, I think before on the podcast, but I was at National Geographic when 21st Century Fox came in and basically purchased all media assets, created this new company that was a for-profit and rather than a not-for-profit, which is different than a non-profit, right? Which is what National Geographic was in that way that they could sort of have these like powerful channels, like the channel basically fueled the society for quite some time. And eventually they were like, well, this is dwindling also. So what do we do? So the society breaks off, sells off like magazine channel, all these other things. And 21st Century Fox just had a bunch of these like assets, FX and sports stuff and whatever else. So when Disney came in to come get that, they basically took that company. Gotcha. And they bought everything there. And Fox was like scaling back so they can stay into being a informative, non-biased news network. Yes.
0: So Yeah. No, I mean, I don't have anything against disney per se like i think they do a great job with a lot of stuff i just think it's just annoying when like one company has everything like how is that not a monopoly such a monopoly
1: yeah it feels like it at this point it's a monopoly of my childhood though in some ways with like the star how do you have star wars and the marvel universe it feels like so much to handle just right there yeah and yet they're like we also have i don't know if we do another Sons of Anarchy spinoff. It'll be Disney-backed or something.
0: Yeah, it's just weird. Like, I don't associate Disney with, like, some of the content that FX would put out. (laughs) Like, that just... Yeah. There's got to be conflicts of interest there. There's someone on some board somewhere who's like, you know, this doesn't fit with our brand. Like, if we are too whatever in this show, it'll be like... People will realize Disney owns it and, like,
1: whatever. Yeah, I don't feel like they're caring Mm. about that at this point. Yeah, it used to be sort of like, we want family-friendly things. But, I mean, diving into even the Marvel and Star Wars worlds feels a little like, well, there's some dark sides of those things. Uh, Yeah, they're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, they don't technically own Wolverine at this point, but they might at some, you know, in the future. Yeah, Like Sony got in on that. They don't own Spider-Man. So no dead uncles or whatever, but there's some other stuff.
0: Yeah. That reminds me, uh, I didn't see all of it. I was in passing on Twitter. But have you seen the trailer for the new Deadpool coming out? I haven't. It's basically just like Ryan Reynolds is, that's who it is, right? Reynolds? I get all my Ryan's confused. Yeah. He's like walking around his house like contemplating what to do for the next deadpool movie he like doesn't know what to do he doesn't have ideas he's like product placing himself like pouring his aviation gin into a cup like Um, like, you know whatever (laughs) yeah and then like he's like hey hugh do you want to play wolverine again he's like yeah sure and then it's like it pulls up the deadpool logo and then like the three wolverine claws like slice through the deadpool logo and it gives you a date
1: so like guessing wolverine's involved that's funny because I thought that Hugh Jackman was like dead set on retiring of Wolverine after the last one, but good for him.
0: I don't know if it's real or if it's just for hype, but that would be cool. I know they've like had a, a thing back and forth where they like, he complains about Wolverine or whatever.
1: Right. Because like they're both vigilantes and Deadpool was like originally an assassin, but then sort of hero assassin, you know, yeah. So like basically being on the line, very much like Wolverine, I don't know. Uh, Ryan Reynolds brings top of mind. I guess the other show I'm watching is welcome to Wrexham. Oh yeah. We talked about that some, I think. Yeah. I think I might've mentioned that I wanted to, or maybe I'd started one or whatever else. It, it's okay. I think if you were not like really into soccer, you might find it boring. Although it's funny. Cause I think they're trying to make it play to less soccer centric people like there's not a lot of soccer in the show, but it's more about like them coming into this town. And then like, there's so much love for this team. And it's like the center of the town, almost like a college town, if you think about it. But instead they have a professional football club and it's like the oldest op- continually operating stadium in the world for this and things that these Hollywood guys are doing. So it's
0: really structurally sound. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a part that's completely shut down but they have this weird situation that there's like a third party that owns that so even though they own the club they don't own the stadium so being able to do renovations has been like mm-hmm. another yeah I don't know I feel like he could just pour some aviation gin all over it and it'd be fine yeah I think Ryan Reynolds has a shitload of money so yeah I don't think that should be a problem no no I think they have funds to put into it and they are to a degree They're trying to get out of, like, this very bottom tier and get back into, like, oh, competitive, like, potential.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting, and I think this is kind of, like, a phenomenon that they've talked about on, like, some news show or something where basically, like, a lot of men, like, Ryan Reynolds, like, idolize him, basically. Hmm. And, like, you know, I think anything he's in is really good. Like, I don't think I've seen anything where I'm like, wow, this sucks. Yeah. So anytime that it's like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is going to be in this, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'm going to watch that. Like, this is, you know, a good show. Whereas I have the total opposite thoughts about, like, The Rock. Hmm. And, like, it's not that he's not a good actor and that the things he's in aren't good. I'm just not excited. Like, it's a different, and I couldn't tell you why. Like, maybe because he's, like, so buff and, like, has this, like, wrestler persona.
1: But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a superhero. Now I've seen ballers and couple. I don't really watch his movies per se, because I feel like he's in a lot of corny stuff for me. And I don't, I don't have like, oh, a guilty pleasure of watching something mindless, but I did watch ballers and I, I liked that. It was like, that kind of was like entourage, but for like pro sports, it felt like to me. And he's likable, but I do see what you mean. He's like an action figure. Yeah. Right. He doesn't seem like reality even though like Ryan Reynolds is technically actually an action figure, <laughs> yeah. but he seems like kind of humble. Oh, he's Canadian. Right. So they're like, he's like polite and, and, and humble in ways. I saw, um, there was an interview with him on that Netflix show with David Letterman. And my next guest is, mm-hmm. and so they do one of those. And again, it kind of reinforced that feeling about him. They're like, Oh, you're kind of a regular dude. I mean, you got a lot of money and you've had a lot of successful endeavors and, whatever to this path but you don't really like begrudge him that and it's interesting yeah so maybe it's that maybe it's just the canadian connection i don't know
0: yeah i don't know i would love to talk to like a psychologist about the phenomenon of like why people like ryan reynolds because i agree like it feels like even if like someone dumped like a pile of cash in his yard be like. That man worked for that.
1: Like, I don't know, I just don't dislike him. <laughs> I don't know why. It's weird. To a degree, they've kind of done that, right? So, he invested in a spirit company, Aviation Gin, right? Right? Like, I don't know how much he was at like the ground level in terms of developing this, but he certainly was in the throes of like marketing it and like progressing it and funding it, and then it sold for a whole bunch of money. So essentially somebody put a bunch of money in his yard. Well, true. Yeah. I did love the, uh,
0: like the day after the Peloton commercial fiasco, he's like, Hey, you want to be in the aviation gen commercials? And like, yeah, that was genius. I was just like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Like it's been a rough,
1: rough day or whatever. Like they say, like, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. So got that. He's in the Mint Mobile commercials because he's an an investor there. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if he's an investor in TikTok, but TikTok is a sponsor of the football club, mm. and they're non-league, like wave out of club. So to get them involved means like, you know, there's going to be a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. Aviation janet also a sponsor of the club, so there's obviously his connection there. I don't know the other guy Rob, which I always forget his last name. I mean he's just it's always sunny guy i mean he's done well and it's been isn't it like the longest show or one of the it's been on forever yeah yeah but but not longer than the simpsons so it's not the longest but it's like up there let's see one of the longest shows and continuous so between that and syndication i'm sure he's all right oh wait it only has 15 seasons 15 years is a long time
0: well, yeah, but Law & Order SVU is on, like, season 23 or something. 30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say. Hey. And The Simpsons is on pretty long, too. Yeah, The Simpsons, I think, is is the oldest. I think it's, like, actually 30 years, like,
1: yeah, three decades. That, that would make sense. I can remember when it wasn't even a show. It was, like, a snippet on the Tracy Allman show in, like, the 80s or something. Mm. Crazy. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> You weren't a kid in the 80s with uh your parents had cable and no i was a kid in the 90s
0: and we actually didn't have cable i don't think which i thought was weird Mm. because like as a kid you don't really know like yeah who's watching what but i think it was just like over the air like networks for a long time Wow, like my mom loved soap operas and that's kind of was her jam of just watching those during the day and yeah yeah i don't really remember us like as a family watching stuff at night other than like maybe stuff on like a vhs tape or something but right definitely not beta beta was gone before you no (laughs) no we actually we had laser discs on a few things oh yes yeah
1: okay yeah i never had laser discs but i had friends who had laser discs and it was kind of cool except for when like it would stop and then you'd have to flip it over yeah (laughs) to watch the other part of star wars or whatever like a record yeah yeah (laughs) kind of funny in that way yeah I think it was a cool idea. Like I bet
0: there's very few of them now. And if you had them, they would be worth a lot of money. I feel like
1: someone, I guess. Well, yeah. I don't know if there's a big collector's market or a player even anymore. (laughs) That's true. Obviously you can get record players constantly, but records were around for like a hundred years. So it's a long time to sort of build up those collections before there was all of this audio innovation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're creeping up on October, Definitely by the time this comes out. So. Yep. What do you got for your Halloween plans? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, um, Caitlin
0: was texting with her dad and stepmom earlier, and I think we're going to take Finn up to their neighborhood and trick or treat and stuff, which I thought was weird because it was like, do babies trick or treat? They can't eat the candy, right? Right. And then they were like, well, no, they still can. like, everyone takes their babies anyway. And then I guess we just eat the candy. I don't know.
1: Well. I mean, you do you, but what we did was we put maybe even both, I can't recall, but for Aiden, we definitely just put him in this like pumpkin suit yep. and we sat out front hanging out with our friends and people, you know, kids came to get candy. We just gave out candy. Yeah. It's like, you know, he can't go anywhere, so he's not going to miss out. It seems odd to me. He could walk the first time he went trick-or-treating, but like we only made it three houses And we were dressed, actually, Star Wars, I was like Han Solo, Sarah was Princess Leia, and he was Chewbacca. You know, this, like, tiny Chewbacca costume. It was amazing. Nice. Made it the three houses, and the fact that he couldn't just keep going to the same house, he threw one of those, you know, three-year-old fit. No, I guess maybe it was just two. Whatever. Terrible twos, fits. Just laid on the ground screaming until we just took him back and said, here, here's some candy. Because there was too much process in going to multiple houses? Yeah, yeah. It was like, I can't do this. Why can't I just go back there? I like that. Yeah. I liked this one. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. I think mm. as kids, you don't realize like how easy it would be to just go buy the big assorted candy. Like if I had known it's like, you know, 10 bucks for a thing of all the candy I would want. And I don't have to walk to houses for
1: hours. I just do that. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's very entrepreneurial of you. You know, like how can I solve this problem easier? Yeah. There we go. But like, you never have candy on hand.
0: Or like, so you don't know that like, unless your your family happens to have it all the time, then it's like, then you might know like this is less of a rare
1: commodity, I guess. Right. Well, I really want to make sure that Caitlin knows about the concept of family costumes. Because I've done that a few years and I cannot wait for it to be over. But unfortunately it's not this year. What are you doing this year? We're simplifying it. So we're doing some classic costumes. Like Aiden's going to be a ghost Oh. I'm going to be a skeleton you know things like that and the Pat like last year we did Peter Pan as the theme okay. the year before it was like Toy Story we had the Star Wars thing I'm good I'm an adult I don't even eat that candy why do I have to dress up
0: it seems like you're getting progressively easier yeah like Star Wars sounds pretty complex and then like Toy Story could be complex yeah
1: but then Peter Pan could be easy depending on what you did for that I don't know Except for I was stuck with being Captain Hooks, and then it was like a bigger pain. Mm. So, yeah, maybe we like hit. I was like, can we just not do this anymore? And it wasn't like, well, we can't not do it, but we could do something easier. Yeah. So I'll take that. Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: I mean, I think you're getting to like tradition standpoint where you can't stop it
1: because it's you got to do it every year, you know? Yeah, but at a certain point, the kids are going to be like, we don't want you doing this. We want to. That's true. (laughs) We're really just trying to get to the point where basically the kids are like, no, you're not going to like tell us what we're wearing. We're going to pick what we want and it's going to be different. And so, it, you know, it's no longer a family theme. Right. I think we're getting there with my son soon. They care more about going with their friends to get candy and less about your opinion. Yeah. And they want to wear what they want to wear. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's miles above what I did many times, especially at this age, which was essentially like you went to the store and there was this like Mm -hmm. crappy, hard to breathe plastic mask over just the front of your face with like an elastic thing. And then a plastic suit like that you would wear over your clothes that kind of had like the He-Man costume, but Mm -hmm. not really. It just is, you know, a print on plastic.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I had, I think, one of those for Ninja Turtles that was like a shell that didn't connect from the back to the front. Like it was yeah. pretty crappy. And uh, I was Zoro, I think,
1: three years in a row. Like, mm. just kept reusing that costume. <laughs> Which is, I mean, Zoro is all but gone, essentially. It Wasn't it like kind of a crappy Antonio Banderas remake, but essentially before that? Yeah. It was like some TV show?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I know I thought it was cool when I was whatever age that was, (laughs) but yeah, I haven't heard of like, there's not a resurgence of a new Zorro or anything. Yeah, We should pivot and do a new Zorro production. (laughs) We used to build web apps. Now we make the new Zorro.
1: (laughs) Somebody is Zorro. (laughs) We're going to have to cast someone. It's not us. (laughs) Robert William Wagner. is (laughs) zoro
0: i could believe that i'm in pretty good shape (laughs) (laughs) oh no we'll talk about my non-food next time oh yeah yeah we're out of time here so thanks everybody for listening if you liked it please subscribe leave us some reviews and stuff check those little stars we'll catch you next time thanks
1: for listening to whiskey web and whatnot This podcast is brought to you by ShipShape and produced by Podcast Royale. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend or two and
0: leave us a rating, maybe a review, as long as it's good. You can subscribe to future episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more info about ShipShape and this show, check out our website at shipshape.io.